0: Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith.
1: Here's what he's saying You could live in Trump Towers, you could own Central Park and all the real estate around it, and have a beautiful suite overlooking it, and you could be miserable and you could live and not enjoy any of it. And your maid, who is cleaning your toilets, could be the happiest person in the world.
0: Reaching up high, with arms open wide, we see. You're changing our lives, so we can be our hands and feet. God gives us the ability to enjoy life, Everything else falls short, but living in God's will for us will bring the greatest joy to our lives. Finishing his series on Ecclesiastes, Pastor Ed teaches us this is the conclusion that Solomon came to in his great wisdom, that life without God is pointless, whereas life with God provides the most wonderful reason to be alive. Life with God not only provides purpose, but provides a father, a friend, and a savior, and an eternity praising our almighty God, Jesus Christ. Now, here's Pastor Ed with today's message. Building in
1: faith. The wisdom of the world isn't going to get you on that straight and narrow way. The scholars of the world, they can be absolutely brilliant. But the greatest wisdom is the wisdom to know God and serve God and follow God. So, so Solomon went this track of secular wisdom, went this track of, uh, of understanding things, and there's value in those things, but never place those things above God, never make those things an idol. And he goes on to say, not only incredible credentials can't bring meaning to life, but remarkable achievements can't bring meaning to life. He said, I undertook a great project. I built houses for myself and planted vineyards. I made gardens and parks and planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made reservoirs. Uh, what he's doing here is he's trying to recreate paradise on earth. What he's doing here is he's trying to take the future promise of heaven and bring it down to the present. And that's impossible. We live in a fallen world. We live in a world that is a prodigal planet going far from God. Solomon realized, you know, all my achievements, they don't matter. Walk on Fifth Day Avenue. Go towards Central Park. And look at those huge Buildings, Trump Towers. Impressive. Donald, someday you're going to die. Someday we're all going to die. And we leave it behind all our accomplishments, ashes, dust. Solomon realized that all of the accomplishments that we have will be gone one day. I, I want security in this world. And so we hoard and we save. And Solomon said it this way, whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with his income. This too is meaningless. As goods increase, so do those that consume them. And what benefit are they to the owner, except to feast his eyes on them? Oh, you know, you're looking at all that stuff, but he says it's all meaningless and vanity. Not what we could build with our hands. All of that will be gone one day. It'll disappear one day. The bank account, the five hundred one, every possession. Gone. Solomon said, accomplishments. And then he goes on to say, pleasure. Well, you know, some people feel they work too hard to enjoy life. Enjoy your life. Drink deep of the cup of pleasure. And that's what Solomon is going to do. He's going to drink deep of the cup of pleasure. In chapter 2, verse 1, I said to myself, Come on, let us try pleasure. Look for the good things in life. Ah, the good life. High acquired men and women singers and a harem as well. The delights of the heart of a man I denied myself. Nothing my eyes desired. I refuse my heart no pleasure. He wakes up in the middle of the night. He doesn't have to tell turn on the stereo system. He doesn't have to buy big, huge speakers. He just... And the singers come out. They're on the payroll, and they're in the house, and there's a 24-hour job. And so they sing the lullaby so he can fall off to sleep. He had every pleasure imaginable. But it was like drinking salt water. It just left him more and more thirsty, never satisfying him. Remember? Remember? Remember a while back, I talked about Ernest Hemingway? That brilliant mind, that prolific, prolific writer. And he wanted to live life up, so you would read that he was in Paris sipping champagne, and then he was in Alaska hunting grizzlies, and then he might be in the Keys of Florida fishing. He just ran after life with a vigor, but he came to a point in his life where he actually hated life, and he took his own life, like his father did, and like his brother did, and like two other members of his family did. He came to the point that actually Solomon came to, when Solomon said in verse 17 of chapter 2, so I hated life. If you think that this world is going to satisfy you and you run after it with a passion, if you run after possessions with a passion, if you run after power with a passion, if you run after prosperity with a passion, if you go after the things of this world and that's the focal point of your life, you're going to come to the place where you say, I hate life. Because those things could never provide for us. The meaning that God intended us to find. If we don't put him first, everything else yields very little return and never really satisfies it. Solomon came to that recognition. Now, Solomon is is telling us throughout the book, if there is no God then there is no judge. If there is no judge, then there will be no final judgment. If there is no final judgment, there is no ultimate meaning in life. Nothing matters. When you live life without God, you empty life of its meaning. God created us with a sense that He exists that there's a higher power than us. God created us with a sense of right and wrong. We know that there are some things that are right to do, some things that are wrong to do. It's intuitive within us. God made us in his image. Put those things within us, and we sense that and feel that and recognize it. God created us with a yearning for justice. God, let there be Justice. Why did we have all of those feelings, emotions and thoughts within us because God has set eternity in our hearts. We know that there's going to be a judgment. If there is no God, we're an accident and our lives have no meaning. There's no purpose to our existence. We're here for a moment, do what you want, live the way you want. Because it doesn't matter. But Solomon tells us that's not the case. Each one of us will stand before God and give account to Him. Life without God is meaningless. Life with God is meaningful. Life with God is meaningful. Life with God God. Brims over with purpose and meaning. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, it says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the hearts of men. We know that this world is not just all there is. We know that we're just passing through. We know that we know there's an afterlife. There's that sense intuitively planted in our hearts by God. But we also recognize this and Solomon helps us to understand it. Yet they cannot fathom what God has done from beginning to end. We can't put it all together. We don't understand the way God works. There are a lot of question marks. And he said, that's the way life is. Accept the fact that you're not going to understand this side of eternity, all of the things that happen in life. And he talks about the inequalities. He talks about the things that happen in life that are just difficult to make sense of throughout this book. And he says, and I, it said so beautiful, then man goes to his eternal home, The dust, meaning the body, returns to the ground it came from. from, And the spirit returns to God who gave it. We're going to go to God. This earthly body is going to go to the ground, to the dust from whence it was made. But God breathed into all of us the breath of life when we were in our mother's womb. He gave us life. And he had a plan and a purpose for that life. And when the journey is over... The body goes into the ground, but the soul, the spirit goes into the very presence of God. To be absent from the body, the Bible tells us, is to be present with the Lord. It tells us for the saint of God, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints, his children. Here's some of the keys that open up the meaning of life. First of all, he says, God gives us the ability to enjoy the journey. It's a gift from God. Just as much as the talents, the gifts, the skills are all a gift from his hand to you, the ability to enjoy those are a gift from him as well. It says in... Chapter 2, and I'll read some various verses. A man can do nothing better than to eat and drink and find satisfaction in his work. This, too, I see, is from the hand of God. God made us to work, to enjoy life. That's his purpose. For without him who can eat or find enjoyment, to the man who pleases him, God will give wisdom and knowledge and happiness. Moreover, when God gives any man wealth and possessions and enables him to enjoy them, to accept his lot and be happy in his work, this is a gift of God. He seldom reflects on the days of his life because God keeps him occupied with gladness in his heart. Here's what he's saying. You could live in Trump Towers. You could own Central Park and all the real estate around it and have a beautiful suite overlooking it. And you can be miserable. And you could live and not enjoy any of it. And your maid, who is cleaning your toilets, could be the happiest person in the world. God gives us the ability to enjoy life. He gives us the ability to walk outside and look at the clouds and say, it's absolutely beautiful. To look at the mountains and to be filled with joy. He, you could be driving in an old broken-down car and be happy and joyful. You could be going through a difficult time, a dark time, and he, sister, will give you songs in the night Brother, you can be, feel like you're climbing up a hill and every step is more difficult than the step before it. But he'll say to you, my son, I'll make your feet like hinds feet. You climb that hill in my strength. You could be flying into a storm and feel like you're going to crash and he'll make your wings like eagle's wings and you'll mount up above those things. See, God is the one who gives us the ability to enjoy the journey. Does something else. God gives us words of wisdom for the journey. Now, those words sometimes are cutting like a knife. Don't close your ears, don't turn away and say, Don't speak. No embrace the conviction of the Holy Spirit when he speaks a word to your heart because it's for your benefit. The words and the wisdom of the world will never get you to your destination, but God's words are meant to get you to your destination. They are meant to change you, to protect you, to guide you, to direct you. In Ecclesiastes 2.11, the words of the wise are like Cattle prods—long hmm. stick with nails at the end and sharp pieces of metal or glass—pricking, hitting the cattle, to get it going in the right direction. Has God ever done that to you? You want to go in this direction, and the Spirit of God sends a word, oh, that hurts, that cuts. You open up the book, and it's like God is doing surgery in your heart. You have someone speak to you, and the words of God convict you, and you hear God's voice saying, this is the way, son, this is the way, daughter. No, 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 well, God, I want to go this way. No, 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 get on the right way. Get on the right way. Get on the right way and you feel the prodding of God speaking to you. It says, painful but helpful. Hallelujah. It may hurt, but it won't harm you. Their collected sayings are like nail-studded stick with which the shepherd drives the sheep. Ah, what! the good shepherd is doing is he sees son that you're about to walk off a cliff into darkness he sees that if you take that path that path is going to lead you far away from him into the valley of the shadow of death and you'll be in lostness he sees and he knows and so he'll send his word his word will be like a hammer hammering away at your life his word will be like a fire burning in your heart. His word will be like light giving you light to the path that you're walking on. His word. I like the message translation. The words of the wise prod us to live well. They're like nails hammered home. They're like nails hammered home holding life together. Build your life on the Word of God. Let those nails pierce you and hold you together for when the winds of life come sweeping through when the storms of life come sweeping through you'll stand because you've been held together by the word and the book is in your heart and the word is in your heart and you're building on that rock of ages so when the quaking and the shaking comes and when cultures change the rules and change the game you'll not go with culture you'll go with the word you'll go with the everlasting word word of God building your life on what he said (laughs) hallelujah God along that journey has wise words for you listen hear heed also remember God judges us at the end of the journey you gotta live like that listen to the verses again here is how he closes the book now all has been heard heard Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God. Oh, have a reverence for God. Have a respect for God. Oh, God, I want to obey you more quickly. God, I want to listen to you more quickly. God, I want to respond more readily to you. God, let this hardened heart become a soft heart. He's saying at that moment, at that time, Fear him, reverence him, and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. That's an encouragement to us, because what we do for him, it lasts, it lasts, it lasts. God will measure all of our lives, By his standard. He knows all of our potentials. He knows our strengths. Our weaknesses. He he knows everything about everything. And he is the one. Who in righteousness and mercy. Will judge us. Prepare. 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 To stand before him. And to serve him. Alexander. Grigolia, immigrated to America from the Soviet Georgia. And he learned English here. He received three doctorates. He was a brilliant man. Landed a professorship at the University of Pennsylvania. But there was an emptiness in his soul. One day he was having his shoes shined. And the man shinied his shoes, was singing, was happy. He put down his paper. and said, why are you so happy? And here's what the man said. Jesus, he loves me. He died so God could forgive all my badness. He makes me happy. And Alexander just put the paper back in front of his face. But those words haunted him. They were cutting they were like nails, like a prod. And he came to Christ. He went to Wheaton College and became one of the professors. He taught Billy Graham, professor of anthropology, as he taught at Wheaton. The wisdom of the world, it's okay. It's okay, but it's not going to get you to God. You can graduate Harvard, and you can graduate Yale, and you can graduate Princeton. And someone who's never gone to school, but just simply came to know Jesus Christ and has accepted him as Lord and Savior, he could live life, And find it meaningful. And the person with all of the intellectualism. And brilliance. Could live life. And find it meaningless. And spend all of his days. Wandering. In the far country. This morning. Do not. Do not. Do not put off a decision to follow Christ. Do not say another day. Another time. Make a decision. Don't straddle the fence. You don't know if you'll make it back to the Father's house. If perhaps your heart has grown cold and distant, turn, turn, turn. Don't wait as long as Samson did. Don't let the decades go by like Solomon did. Don't wait to the night before like Elvis did. Life without God. Meaningless. Life with God. It counts. It
0: matters. The Word of God is always useful to study, and the book of Ecclesiastes is no different. This book shares the truth of God's presence that is always with us in this life and gives us encouragement in the midst of life's hardships. As you search for meaning among the mayhem, we pray you find it in God's plan for your life. Pastor Ed Jones will have more to share from this series on the next edition of Building in Faith, but you can find additional messages right now by visiting our radio website, buildinginfaithradio.com. Be sure to visit our church homepage as well by clicking on Back to Home Page. There, you'll be greeted by a daily scripture and some exciting events coming up for us here at Faith Assembly. We know how important finding a home church is to the Christian walk. And if you've not yet found that for your own life, why not join us? We'd be honored to meet you and share a time of worship and Bible study with you. We gather together each Sunday at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. and again on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Our location information and directions are on our website. That address again is buildinginfaithradio.com. As our time with you comes to a close today, we'd like to say thank you for joining us. We pray your day is blessed by God and that you continue to seek Him in your personal journey of faith. Pastor Ed will have more to share from the Word of God on the next edition of Building in Faith. Your Word restores